Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 24A. I'm Michael John Simpson. This is a special mini-episode and the second of the podcasts I managed to record at Gallifrey One. Our guest is UK award-winning author of several horror fantasy novels, short stories, and novellas, Sam Stone. We sat down to discuss her new book series, The Jinx Chronicles, as well as Gallifrey One, The Convention Circuit, Sam's Other Works, Doctor Who, and new music by Sam's daughter, recording artist Lindsay Gold. Fantastic! Here's episode 24A of the Something Something Experience. So we could uh, get you a little bit of light there. Yeah, you're kind of sequestered down in the where they do the autographs in there. So it's. Uh, do you need me to sit closer to that? Oh, sure. A little closer would be great. So great. So how's your con been going? It's been really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been really good. Yeah, we were talking about um, how joyous uh, Gallifrey is and compared. Do you do a lot of other cons as well? I do, yeah. And autograph I, cons yeah. and. and uh, Comic cons and. Do all sorts of things. Great. Multimedia, like multi-science fiction things as oh, well great. mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the Gallifrey to me is just the best. Because, <laughs> you know, I always feel like I've, I've come home from home. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, for this one. So You know, I've heard a lot of other guests say the same thing. It's like, I go to cons all year. This is the one I enjoy coming to. This is the one I get to relax and enjoy at and yeah. have a good time. And it's smaller. And, uh, and I think that's a lot to do. And yeah, it's small, but it's kind of it's big compared to a lot of ones I do in the, in this, mm-hmm. in the UK, to be honest. Oh, okay. But even having said that. Well, compared to um, a lot of the American cons, yeah. it's very small. I mean, yeah. You've got 80, 90, over 100. 150,000 some of them and well, you can't really actually good. engage with anyone no, when it's, no, it's so it's, many yep sign next yep. sign next sign next you know and the yeah, but this here you actually get to talk to fans and you yeah. get to talk to other people who do other things absolutely as well, and so. we and we guests get to mingle with each, with each other as well which yeah. is really cool because you know we obviously <laughs> then feel like uh, you know, a family unit in our own way sure, as well. Sure, you know yeah. that we. Oh, I see. I saw you last week at this yeah. other one, and you know, you start to yeah. get to know people really well. Well, the one thing one guest said to me um, this morning was uh, that this is good because the, the a larger portion of the people that they know in the business are all here, and this yes. is their one chance a year to get to see everybody. Yeah, see, so it, catch up with people from yeah, the year. That's, that's true. Great. That's great. true. Um, tell us about your new book. Uh, um, yeah, sure. I've got I, my newest my newest novel I've got out is called Jinx Town, mm-hmm. which is the first um, in the trilogy that I'm writing at the moment called The Jinx Chronicles, and basically it's a post apocalyptic mm-hmm. um, aliens uh, versus humanity type of novel, and I, I describe it as uh, Independence Day meets Lord of the Rings via men are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you can get the themes in there because there's the science element of the alien attack mm-hmm. and there's also a lot of fantasy and myth and magic involved in this and um, and also uh, and, uh, the male-female struggles that go on and, and it's also a reflection on what I think humanity would turn into if we were ever decimated or if we ever came into a situation where there was very few of us left, what we would do. And you know, I, I'm looking at who's the real monster in this. Oh, in yeah. these books. Whether it's yeah. man or the alien. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I think that's always an interesting question, anyway, because I think that you know humans can be the worst monsters oh, and than anything else you could possibly invent sometimes because they're capable of such horror. Um, so I, I so I'm looking at that. So there are some really dark elements mm-hmm. in the book as well, but there is also some you know fun, and it's a very sexy book as well because you know. My aliens aren't kidnapping women for no reason. Mm, <laughs> so, oh my! <laughs> so, yeah. So, it, but it had a great, a great lot of fun writing it mm-hmm. and exploring those themes. 
Yeah. One of the things I've noticed, that, that sounds really good. Uh, uh, something I've noticed uh, as a trend, as a, as a lifelong kind of sci-fi, I'm not a big reader, so I haven't read a lot of sci-fi, but I've watched a lot of sci-fi. Sure. Um, and been around a lot of people who've read a lot of sci-fi. And um, for the longest time, it was Boys Club. And, and then, then it was, um, <clears throat> there were some women peppered in, and then you had things that were very female-centric, like Alien, things where the, sure, the powerful yeah. female character is up front doing all the, all the heavy lifting, and, which is great. Um, but now I, I'm seeing more of a trend, especially in the last 10 years, and especially probably uh, with uh, Doctor Who kind of leading some of, the, some of that charge of, of having men and women integrated into sci-fi without it being sexual or romantic necessarily and everybody just being people and that also goes for people of color and that also goes for the transgendered and and seeing a lot of those roles uh traditional roles uh mixed around a bit and and mixed through to where this person just happens to be black or this person just has to be a woman or this person just happens to be gay or transgendered Mm. and it doesn't matter and it's it's interesting because star trek the original series did Mm. that long before anyone else did it absolutely and you'd completely accepted it you never even thought you know anything of that and at the time as well there were you know such you know Mm -hmm. gender or you know racial you know prejudices sure of course but absolutely and that was already uh, paving the way to shatter those things as well yeah and, I think and it the... did so beautifully oh, yes, you know yes. and I, I you know it was you would you'd be offended offended if anyone on that show had been racist in in any of the series yeah, any of the episodes of because you these are they're just people it didn't actually matter what they yeah. were what color they were or what race or what religion or what sex or anything else agreed, um, agreed. and and that was a wonderful thing about it they dealt with kind of uh, i guess not really racism but speciesism on Spe- exactly on, speciesism on, on next yeah. generation yeah where there were people discriminating you know one group discriminating against another yeah. and it was slightly doctor who-ish in that aspect because i mean ultimately the daleks and the cybermen uh, and and a couple of other races have always been about assimilation and domination yes. you know, the Borg and, and other things like that and and basically stepping up and saying no we don't have to not every, the, the the beauty of the universe is its diversity and, yes. and that that shines through in sci-fi and i'm glad that things have gone in that kind of direction and especially having grown up in the in the boys club and never understanding it and mm. never wanting to be part of that aspect of it mm-hmm. and always being feeling like women are of equal footing to men uh, yeah. always have always should have, have been treated such growing up and seeing that change as an adult has been a very beautiful thing for me and Absolutely. now especially and uh, i find british television very to be very colorblind especially compared to american television yeah and now it's getting to where it's also gender blind and absolutely, even transgender yeah, blind very, as well and i yeah, like that as well yeah absolutely so and that 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 is certainly in the last 10 years i think there's been you know a mega upsurge that i think casting directors in my opinion don't even look at um you know when you send a, a script in as a writer i don't even think about I wouldn't make any comment that this one would be that colour or this one would be, you know, it would just send the character. I might have a male-female distinction, that's it. And, sure. it, and it would be up to the casting director sure. that to choose who, fit, who, who the right role. person is sure. for that role. Sure. And it shouldn't matter what, you know, about anything else, really. The same, uh, the same comparisons or, or, or uh, notions have been mentioned about Neil Gaiman's work, about how, um, uh, what was it, American... Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but the one, the American Gods, and the main character in American Gods, 
in Neil Gaiman's mind, was always mm. a black man. But reading the book, you would never know that. No, that's right. That, but that's in right. his mind as the writer, he never said, so-and-so is black. But Or as a black man, it, it just... No, it wouldn't even occur to him, you. Yeah, right. Yeah, in, yeah. in his mind, yeah. that's who he was. But yeah. it's kind of like Spawn and some other things that have come yeah. out as well, too. So it's it's really nice. So you said this is part of a... Uh, tr- first part of a trilogy. Yes, right? it is. Yes. And the, uh, I'm, I'm 60,000 words into the second part, which mm-hmm. should be finished. I think my deadline for that is about June this year. Great. Because uh, we're hoping to get that out later in the year, maybe August, September. Great. And I, I apologize, know. I'm not very familiar with your work, but how many, okay. how many novels do you have under your belt at this point? I've written about... Nine, nine novels, I think, and about three or four novellas, um, and a couple of audios, um, and let me think what else. Lots and lots of short stories. Great. I've written a couple of screenplays. I've done a, a Doctor Who spin-off one actually, which is called. Um, it's it's with Damaris Heyman okay. um, from the Damons. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it, it is. Um, it's called White Witch of Devil's End. And it's been it's was filmed by real time pictures. That's not available yet, but it will be out. So I think as a box set very soon. That's like an almost. Uh, it's a set of monologues. Oh, okay. So okay. they okay. I wrote one of the monologues. Now script editor on the rest, um, and there is several really great stories in there. Great, fantastic. That uh, Damaris does on a, you know, um, as a monologue. Is uh, is Jinxtown uh, the Jinx Chronicles? Is this your first trilogy? Is this your first multi book work? Oh no no my okay. va- my vampire series. Oh. Um, I've got five in that. I'm working on a book six for that, but that Great. one's that one's been held up a little bit because I've got other work that's more pressing. But um, no, the the vampire gene series. Uh, it's got I've got the first book of that's been translated into German now, um, and. I've also got a steampunk series, which oh. is um, called the Cat Lightfoot Mysteries, and that's on book three at the moment. Book four has just been commissioned, so they've got titles like Zombies at Tiffany's, Cat on a Hot Tin Airship. Oh, nice! Um, and the latest one, which is also new, new to Gallifrey, is What's Dead Pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> and you whoa, can't whoa, whoa. exactly you can't say that without going What's you Dead Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do that. So um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's fun. And the next one is Cat of Green. Tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> is that a play on Gan of Green Gables? Yes, it certainly is. All right, all right. <laughs> it's probably going to be more more riffing on the Anne of Avonlea story, actually, oh, okay, in this okay, case. Okay. But but it certainly is um, Anne of Green Gables for sure. Okay. okay <laughs> so yeah, it's all, all good fun. All right. Uh, but those those for me are a little bit more fun. They're still horror mixed with steampunk, and they're set in a Victorian steampunk New York, mm-hmm. and um, it's just. Uh, I just really enjoy writing those, but they're novellas or short novels. Okay, they right. they tend to end around the forty forty five thousand words. Okay, size. so you're sixty thousand into part two of the Jinx Chronicles. Uh, what else is coming around the corner for you? What else you got planned? Um, I've I've got some audios lined up that I can't talk about. Of course, of course, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'd love to though. I really would love yeah. to say something this weekend about those, but um, but still within the sci-fi yeah. in the sci-fi genre. fantasy, yeah. And I've written a an official Sherlock Holmes story, Ooh. which is called The Curse of Guangzhou. Uh, and it's set in China um, post Moriarty um, and it's in a, a collection called The Mammoth Book of Sherlock Holmes Abroad really? which is going to be out in July this year and I'm very excited so to what, see that what era of, jo- of Sherlock Holmes the modern uh, Moffat era or is it the no no it's era, the original the original era it's, okay. an, it's a proper Conan Doyle um, oh, okay. Victorian era okay. I think I've set mine in 18 uh, I should I should remember but I do so many different it's in the late 1800 uh, well 19th century late oh. Almost turn of the century. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. So, um, but that was a really good one to write because I, I was writing in someone else's universe. And, oh, yeah. 
Uh, and it was great fun because, uh, and also a mega challenge because I know I have to. Yeah, they got a lot to have, live up to. I have a lot to live up to, That's definitely. That's a lot to live up to. That's I a do. lot of responsibility to It take certainly here, so. is. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited for people to read it, but also a little scared, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but my editor was thrilled with the story, so that gave me lots of confidence. And, uh, and I enjoyed doing a mystery without that didn't involve some supernatural element oh, sure, sure. because i normally do have a supernatural it's element. one thing i always liked about sherlock holmes it's very grounded in science and very grounded in reality <coughs> pardon me <clears throat> at least uh, as far as the you know victorian reality goes sure. but still there's never a, anything that appears to be supernatural or whatever is always has an explanation that's right yeah. and they always invent these marvelous ways of killing people off which is oh, what i've tried to do as well so i'm hoping that that works for everybody i always loved the speckled band i think that's probably the first one he published wasn't it? i think the speckled band with the with the adder that that bites and it's oh, actually yes i think yeah. that was the first yeah. thing he published yeah. in the newspaper before he wrote any any books but I think I'm probably getting it wrong. I can't sure remember. You know, I can't somewhere. remember. There's so many. Yeah, there's so many. It's very there's hard. So many. There's unless, probably a nerd yeah. listening who's screaming at me. Going, yeah, and no, I'm going. Yeah. How dare you write one of those when you don't know which was the first one? Yeah, I'm so sorry. So the, the, the Damon's uh, Doctor Who spinoff. Yes. Going back to that briefly. Um, was that licensed? Or? Yes, that's official because um, obviously Real Time uh, got permission to use um, the character of Damaris Heyman. So from, you know, from, from Devils, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think it was from the original writer who oh. owned who owned the rights. Oh, great, great. So, and That's they fantastic. also they've also done a spin-off of the Damons, which is called Amos Rising, which is a great movie that that my fiance David Howe wrote. Oh, okay. So, okay. Um, so if anyone hasn't seen that, that's a good one to see. It's that's a really great. good, really good spin-off of, and that's you know. It's got actually got Kate Lethbridge to it. He was the first one to name her that, strangely, and that has become now canon because, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was very interesting to see. Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. See I know, I know. It's so great. Um, <laughs> um, so, can, do you mind talking about Doctor Who for a little bit? No, you, sure. You, yeah, you, yeah, are, yeah are you absolutely. A, a fan of the series, I'm sure. I, I am. I am writing about it. And, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's your what's your take on Capaldi? I'm not sure yet. All right. I'm not sure yet. I I like him, but. Um, I I still it takes me a while to get used to a new doctor. I, I'm sure everybody else is a bit like that, and I really liked Matt. So, and he is very different. He's so very different. Almost I think antithetical. He's, absolutely, he's an amazing actor. I think he's a really amazing actor, and I love I love Jenna. Actually, I really like her as a companion. I'm very glad um, from a writing standpoint that they really finally have given her 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 an arc. Yes. They've given her something yes. to do. They've given her a personage, not just a special magical person, yes. but just an actual arc that, that Rose got, that Martha got, that Sarah Jane got, that Leela got, that everybody got. Yeah. Because you have your, oh, this guy travels in time and space. Oh, it's a blue box. Oh, it's bigger on the inside. Oh, we go places and we help solve problems. Oh, this is, oh, but what about this? Yeah. And what about that? And how do you cope with all this death? And how do you... Exactly, and yeah. everybody gets that. And Clara never got that during mm. the end of... Matt Smith and and starting with Capaldi, it was a lot more of a. I loved the very first episode where he says, "I'm not your boyfriend, Clara." Yeah, you know, and and he and the the call from Eleven to her to say goodbye and say be nice to him and yeah. and and what a I I think that the this season has been some of Moffat's best writing in quite a while, mm. and I also think some of the best writing that's been done under his supervision in quite a while as well. I was a big, my favourite one this season was definitely Phil Ford's The Dalek 
Mm. Well, I, I thought that was an but they're inside ama- the Dalek and absolutely the Dalek, amazing yeah, story yeah. and and some really stunning writing. That yeah. is my absolute favourite this season, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Uh, but everything Phil writes actually does appeal to me. I like, I mean, Waters of Mars was just. I love the horror aspect. Heart, oh well, yeah, absolutely horror, horror, horror aspect yeah. of that. Yeah. When when that came on and when um, when the character first picked his head up. And you saw the first the change. Water it was so zombie esque and frightening yes, that it yes. just really appealed those to me. Split, those cracked lips. Yes. Just hor- horrific. Horror, horrific. Absolutely marvelous. And yeah, and, and tearjerker. Total tearjerker. You know. Yeah, and at the end, and, and that, that, that struggle with, with, with 10 and knowing it's coming and knowing, yeah. and he's just like, screw it. I'm going to break the rules and I don't care. Yeah. And then she kills herself, and it's just like. What was the point? What was, was the so point so sad. That, that was, was so so sad. It's like if I'm supposed yeah. to die, I'm I'm not gonna. And she didn't want to be able to deal with the responsibility of breaking yeah. the timeline or or a fixed point in time. Yeah. So yeah. And you can understand that in a way because totally. you know somebody totally. of her level of intelligence. You know that's what was very that was what was very convincing about that story as well because mm. that was really believable. And of course that was an RTD one with with Phil Ford, of course. But mm-hmm. um, but I uh, I I just think there's just some amazing obviously some amazing writing in Doctor Who anyway yeah. and I would love to write for the series I really oh, sure, would sure. I really would love to get a chance so if anyone's listening out there <laughs> I'm a female writer that is very keen <laughs> I know there's been uh, I, I know Mr Moffat's been having problems finding female writers that want to write oh, Doctor sure, Who but sure. I would do it I would do it <laughs> you know I, th- I, I find it amusing he keeps asking Russell Davis to come back and and write an episode, and Russell's like, nope, I've moved on, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Well, Russell's done that, you see, that's the thing, you know, sometimes in writing you have to do that, you you go, well, I've I've been there, and I've finished with that now, and I'm now going on to, you know, because I started off with the Vampire series, of course, and mm-hmm. I got to book mm-hmm. five, and I, I thought, no, I need to do something new now, you know, sure. and sure. go on, that's why I ended sure. up in Steampunk, and, sure. you know, and, and so you do have to... Because it's your own, um, it's expanding your own sort of horizons sure, as well, sure, sure. making it interesting for you. Because I think you could get really tired if you keep, and you'd lose that sort of, what's the word? They well, not just the imagination mm-hmm. for it, because you'd mm-hmm. never lose that as a right, writer. But right. you wouldn't perhaps come up with something original enough to to keep that going and to keep the energy going and, and what you do. Got to keep yeah. it fresh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, real quick, your your vampire trilogy uh, or series, um. Was your vampire series more romantic or more horrific? No, more horror. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, I don't I write romance. Okay. I don't write romance at all. Okay. I'm, I, I, the closest I've come to romance recently is in my What's Dead Pussycat, but then isn't, it isn't romance. But you have to read it. I won't say spoilers. Okay. But, all right. All right. but it isn't. It looks like it's going that way, but it's actually something else completely. Okay. So I prefer yeah. my vampires gross and gory and yeah, horrific. Yeah, me too. And, and, uh, have you read any, uh, did you read the, or are familiar with the Guillermo del Toro and uh, Chuck Hogan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really good series. Um, I love the TV series. The TV I love series the TV was series. amazing, amazing. We've, um, we've only seen, I think we've just seen the first one. The first series <gasps> is Gosh. out, and that's it. Do you know what I love about this, though? This particular TV series that's doing something that other TV series aren't, aren't doing is that every episode feels like a contained movie. Sure, you're right. It feels like you're a movie right. to me and it is as slick as that. The books are written very much like they very are short very chapters, filmic. They're very, very filmic. filmic right? They yeah, are. Yeah. They are. And all three of them and the way I like the the 
the trope of the the old man from the old world dealt yes. with the dealt with the horrific thing and is now back to teach the younger people how to deal yeah. with this thing. I like and the juxtaposition of that as well, the past and the present. That's of course, because yeah, the past often is reflected in the right. present. It's very right. interesting. That it, re- it reminds me of um, of the keep. There was a book called The Keep, yes, and they yes, made a movie yes. of that as well. I've we, just seen that again recently, the, the actually. Old, the old Jewish yeah. man in the Nazi that taken over the castle yeah. that's containing this thing that Absolutely. was what the vampire legends were all based on. Yeah. I like that idea of... Ian just, McKellen played a brilliant yes. role in that. Yeah, was, and oh. even in Doctor Who, uh, the uh, Planet of the Vampires, uh, the, yeah. um, the E-Space story. Yes, I where remember that one. They were the origin of the vampires. Just yeah. like, and, and I like that, that there's this thing that spawns these legends throughout these other worlds, and it's it's the original thing is always much worse and yes. much oh, yes. more horrific and much Absolutely. giant vampires and the bow ships and all that. I love it's that. Amazing. It was amazing. I like that one, actually, yeah. Fab- fabulous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, we're uh, about twenty minutes here. What? Um, where can people find you online? Go ahead and um, plug your stuff. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, well, uh, my website is www.sam-stone.com. Okay. Uh, you can buy some of my books. Uh, well, all over the place, really. Um, in the UK, they're in bookstores. They're in. Uh, they're on Amazon. They're. Um, you can get them online. Mm-hmm. So you can get them in in the states as well via Amazon. They're also on Kindle ebooks, Kobo Nook. Um so available everywhere really if you if you know what to look for. So Great. just just Google Samstone and you'll come up with quite a lot of things. Great, okay. Yeah? Okay. And um uh can people get in touch with you directly through your website? They as well? can, is yes, there, there is a address? link there is a link there. Um so if you do want to get hold of me, uh, you can email me definitely um could i could i also ha- give a plug for my to my daughter you plug whatever you want oh thank this you this is your time you do whatever <laughs> thank you wish. michael That's, <laughs> i really appreciate that. um my daughter is called Lindsay gold spell l-i-n-z-i g-o-l-d and uh she has recently been talent scouted uh, she's been singing since the age of six she's All right. she's now 22 mm-hmm. and we were at a party and she uh me being a typical mum, i always ask her ask her to sing at parties because she she does have a really exceptional voice and um and she sang and before we knew it it became a bit of a recital because everyone kept asking us to sing and and somebody who was present at the party was a, a man called alan whitehead who was the drummer of uh Mar- the marmalade a 60s band they did a, a song called obladi obladi was one of the big ones i don't know if anyone here knows about them but now alan is now a manager and he this was all on boxing day and he said came up to me and said i want to manage her so since then, she's been writing her own music. She's got two tracks already down. Uh, and everyone is, is really, really excited by what she's capable of doing and, and her voice. And uh, she's on um, YouTube at the moment. If you Google, uh, if, you, if you search for Lindsay Gold and her first track, and it's only a demo, is called Silver. Um, and it's based on a novel called Silver Metal Lover by Tanith Lee, which uh, one of our favourite writers in the UK. Great. So, um, so yeah, look it up. And we're doing an Indiegogo to try and help her, you know, raise the money to do her EP, make a music video and get a photo shoot done because they want to present her at the Music Expo in April. Great. So, but hits mean, you know, mean something. Hits and likes mean something oh, to the course, labels. So, yes. if anyone goes on YouTube and likes it and or makes it, leaves a lovely comment about that, I... I I know how I'm her mom and I, I love her, but I know you will love it if, if you listen to it. Great. Um, and if you like Michael, I'll, I'll, I will send you the tracks if you want to put them on the podcast oh, to great. play yeah, along I with. I, I can email to. those to you. Um, yeah, we'll we've got two um, at the moment. So, um, oh, sure. 
Great. Yeah, uh, we'll put up links for Jinxtown and, and uh, the Jinx Chronicles and, and Lindsay's, uh, Lindsay Gold, that's L-I-N-Z-I-Gold.com. And uh, we'll put up your website. We'll put links to everything in the the blog post. So and, and uh, once this goes up. I'd really appreciate it if people like her just to tell other people about her. And that sure. would be really awesome. Great, great. Thank you. Well, uh, Sam, uh, Sam, thank you for so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, enjoy the rest of your con. I will. And thank you for having me. All right. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. You can find us everywhere online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.